0: This is Observations q and Podcast for Friday, the 12th, I think it is, right? The 12th of February, 2021. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. And uh, by the way, I want to be sure to announce, and it's on the Q&O Plus on Facebook now, so you can see it there. You can also search iTunes or wherever else you would like to search for uh, the podcast, our RSS feed is back up. We now have a place to store podcasts. So you have a place to go uh, now other than uh, Mixler to hear the podcast. And uh, you can just search for you know, Q&O observations on you know, iTunes, on your phone or whatever. Uh, that podcast will be back up. And you'll be able to listen to us. And like I said, the RSS feed is posted at QNO+. Plus, So you can just subscribe directly via RSS feed. So we are back. Uh, I uh, It occurred to me... Well, I actually had to create a uh, an Amazon S3 account for other reasons. And since I had it, I figured, well, I might as well start putting the podcast back up there. So... Now it's it's on Amazon, and it's publicly available, and we are back with the RSS feed and the whole nine yards. So we are back on, uh, in fact, I just checked it on my phone, and we are back on iTunes. So we are, we are back cooking with gas. All right. So um, we talked a little bit just before we came on. You haven't been watching the impeachment trial, so I guess there's no reason asking you how you think it's going, Bruce.
1: Well, I don't. I don't know how it's going. Uh, I, you know, I read about it, and um, I'll just say that um, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I frankly, I frankly look at it as a, a political show trial. Um, I don't think. Again, I've read the speech. I read it carefully. I read it twice. Um, I don't think that there was an incitement. That, it certainly wouldn't have incited me. Uh, and then I, I look at the timeline and the fact that the the, the goings on at the Capitol uh, started while he was, you know, in the middle of his speech. So it didn't incite those people since it's two miles away and they, they literally could not have gotten there, uh, it, you know, from the first part of his speech. So, so you know, I, those things, the fact that the... Uh, uh, Justice uh, Roberts wouldn't even deign to, you know, uh, put his name with this farce uh, and a number of other things. I, I just saw no reason to, to uh, uh, watch or listen to this farce. I'm sorry.
0: Well, here's here's something that struck me as interesting. The very first part of the whole process was an argument over whether it was even constitutional to do this. Right. And they already have forty votes for unconstitutional. I think it's like forty-three votes said it was unconstitutional. About it was forty-five,
1: yeah. Or okay, well,
0: whatever it was, whatever. it was less than thirty. It was more than thirty-three. <laughs> That's right. And so, if you know forty percent plus think it's unconstitutional, my thinking is good luck getting a uh, good luck getting a two-thirds conviction.
1: Well, you know, it's it, it's the other part of this is when you look at the language in Trump's speech, and then you look at just about any other um, political speech, uh, if, if the Trump speech is now the new standard for incitement, Chuck Schumer, uh, as he stood in front of the Supreme Court uh, and, and tried to call out the, the justices, uh, should also be impeached. I mean, they're, they're, I saw basically standard political language in there, I mean, language that all politicians use. And I saw nothing insightful about it. It's the usual uh, rhetoric that we see almost daily uh, from from politicians to include uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, you name it. So yeah. Uh, you know, you may not, you may not like the guy. You may think that uh, uh, there was nothing stolen. You may think there was something stolen. That isn't the point. What he didn't do, as far as I can tell, and that supposedly is the reason he's being impeached, was incite violence.
0: Yeah, it seems like a really thin thread. Although, you know, I do see people on the right who are just, you know, bound to claim well, that he was, he was inciting you know a what? riot. But I, you know.
1: You know what I think? I think a lot of that is is uh, uh, trying to uh, assuage the guilt of voting for Trump and supporting Trump. Um, you know, uh, well, gee, you know, I, I support him, but yeah, he did, and so I'm, you know, no longer a Trump person. This guy, he needs to swing. Yeah, we're we're, yeah.
0: we're now moving as uh, yeah, w- without a lot of extra grace, by the way, <laughs> into the post-Trump period. Yeah. I think and so, you know, yeah. Nikki Haley came out today and said, you know, we were wrong to follow him. Uh, yeah, there we go. There yeah, we the, go. Pied
1: Piper, the Pied Piper The has lost his pipe.
0: You're about five years too late there, Nikki.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it's all, it, it, these are politicians, you know, who stick their finger in the wind to see which way it's blowing and go, okay, time to dump this dude because, well, he can't help me anymore. He's no longer the president. And we see it all the time. This is nothing new. This is just the Republicans doing it this time.
0: Yeah, so I I don't think he's going to be convicted. Um, no, uh,
1: I don't think he's going to be back either. So
0: no, neither do I. That's that's the other thing. I, it, this this idea that we have to make him ineligible to run again just to be sure he doesn't show up in twenty twenty four. He's not going to show up in twenty twenty
1: four. I don't think he will. Uh, and 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 I certainly don't think that he'll he'll carry the, carry the weight he did this time. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people that are just basically tired of Trump. Uh, enough. We've had enough. He, yeah, yeah, he did great stuff. But, you know, he's he's too much of a burden to carry, uh, and we're just not going to do it anymore. Okay. I, I, can, I can understand that, and I can live with that. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to say. They're not going to support him again. We've he's only, done. He's gone.
0: We've only had one president. Elected for non-consecutive terms,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was James A.
1: Garfield. I thought it was Grover Cleveland.
0: Was it Grover Cleveland? Yeah, I yeah, it was Grover Cleveland. James I Garfield think got think shot. I've done this before. Yeah, James Garfield got shot. Uh, yeah, Grover Cleveland, um, Democrat, served a term, didn't win re-election, came back four years later, and won the election. However, that was such a weird era because it was the post Civil War era in which the Democratic Party was still largely reconstructing itself. Um and he was like he was the only national democrat who had a shot anyway. So well, he had, it was a really unusual era, had,
1: period. Yeah, and for that era he had real name recognition, so uh, you know, it's it's not at all surprising that you were able to do that. But when you hit the modern era, you know, you get one shot and you're gone. You're done. It's out of here. And Donald Trump's had his. Um, and, and he's a very divisive person uh, in, in terms of politics. And, and consequently, uh, you know, it, it it is very unlikely that, that he will, A, because of his age, I think, run again. And, and B, if he were to run again, to actually... Uh, uh, get nominated.
0: Yeah, I, I think there would be a lot more opposition to him this time, especially after having 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 him lose a presidential election. It's kind of hard to come back from that.
1: Yeah, and especially when you an incumbent. Yeah, and <laughs> I, 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 you know, I wonder if he
0: would even be interested in putting himself up in the position of losing twice in a row.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I, I don't know if his ego would would. Uh... Uh, survive
0: that. Well, that will be interesting to see what the post-Trump period looks like. Yeah,
1: but again, because I haven't really followed, when does this thing wrap up? I know they're into questions now, but...
0: Yeah, they they gave the attorneys for the president 16 hours to present their case, uh, and they wrapped it up in about four, and their case largely consisted of videos of Kamala Harris joking about how she'd like to have Donald Trump murdered, and... <laughs> and, yeah, and every other thing that Democrats have said over the past four years, um and then saying, "Look, if if which is you know technically whataboutism," but sure, you know, if 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 Donald Trump is guilty for saying these things, then all of you guys are guilty for saying the exact same. You things. know, you
1: know, I I I think whataboutism is just as valid as anything else because it it, it if if you're going to establish a standard, if you're going to say this is all it takes. To impeach someone in office then what about these folks over here who have basically done exactly the same thing that are you know sitting in judgment of the man kamala harris being perfect and, and chuck schumer being perfect examples
0: well I, the one thing that i mean you know it, it's politics they're going to say what they're going to say none of it is particularly honest and straightforward uh, everybody has a point, and they're trying to make, and they're making their arguments. I, I I understand that. I think if there was anything that really irked me about this whole thing, it is being lectured about patriotism on a guy who was f- from a guy who was fucking a Chinese spy.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that guy he shouldn't. Even, well, first of all, he should shouldn't even still be on the intelligence committee. <laughs> I, I still don't get that. But but second of all, that guy has no room to lecture anybody on about much of anything.
0: But uh, there you have it. The, he's, he's a House manager. They made their arguments. The Trump team made a real quick argument. They're now into question time. And um, I think we'll have this thing wrapped up by Wednesday, right? I hope so. And then they'll have the vote. Donald Trump will not be convicted. He will be eligible, I I, I assume, to run for president in 2024. I just don't think... I just don't think that he will.
1: Yeah, and and personally, it, the Republicans should welcome the fact that he's uh, he would be eligible because it'll drive the Democrats crazy for four years, and you know that's always a good thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, <laughs> <what's that> Glenn <laughs> Reynolds always said all the Democrats have to do is not be crazy.
1: Yep, I swear. And, and so, you know, here we are. Yep. Right now, doing our, our, thing. Our,
0: our, our more pressing problem is, how are we going to spend the next four years dealing with a guy who's gov- ruling by uh, executive action as if he were some sort of king?
1: Well, that's right. And that's exactly what he's doing. I mean, this he's uh, this is the guy that, that uh, made the statement that using executive orders, uh, it, you can't do that because then you're a dictator. And Why is that? Of course, because you're you're passing, uh, or or not passing, you're not using the legislative process. Now, I understand, and and I think we all do, that EOs only reach so far. Uh, They they mostly deal with the executive branch and the federal government, but still, uh, (laughs) this is not how you run a presidency. That's not what, you know, this country uh, is looking for. Uh, it's, it's looking for a, a tripartite, uh, government, uh, checks and balances. And, uh, we're not getting any of that.
0: Well, you know, I don't know that that's not what this country is looking for. Not anymore. I honestly don't know what the country is looking
1: for. Well, that's because you read the press and the press has already decided what you should be looking for.
0: Well, uh, I, I, the funny thing is I don't read the press. I just look at who got to like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a different world. I, I mean, I noticed this week that the uh, French president uh, made the point that uh, he doesn't want France importing wokeism. Uh that it's it, it extraordinarily destructive, and he just doesn't want any part of it. And I, I thought, good for you, buddy. Uh, you gave us a call. Now you have this crap coming back at you. But anyway, it's... Um, you know we we are we are slowly eating ourselves alive from the inside and and uh something has got to change either that or we just may as well roll over and accept it
0: one of the uh, interesting stories that came out today and it, it's been a story that evidently has been building um one of biden's um aides a guy named mm-hmm. T.J. Duclo, or Ducklow, whatever his name is, he is dating a political reporter from Axios named right. uh, Alexi McCammon, and she was covering the Joe Biden campaign. I think it, we, we might have an interesting conversation about the journalistic ethics of that. <laughs> um, however, uh, uh, a political reporter, Tara Palmieri, was, uh, apparently uncovered that uh, relationship and was reporting that story, and uh, T.J. Duclow told her, I will destroy you, and I'll ruin your reputation if you publish that story.
1: Yeah, that that, and that's uh, just some of what he said to her. Yes, um, a-
0: apparently he called Politico, and, um, well, he said some intemperate things to the editors <laughs> at Politico as well.
1: Very intemperate. And so now we get to see if Uncle Joe, who said anybody treats anybody like that will be fired on the spot, we'll fire him on the spot.
0: Um, well, so far, it's a one-week suspension.
1: Oh, well, there you go. One whole week. Those goalposts just flying around up there these days.
0: I'm, I'm sure he's learned his lesson now.
1: Oh, I bet. I bet he has. Uh, this is just, yeah. It's kind of like school opening. Yeah, when I get it, become president, we're going to open the schools. Well, w- w- let's move this goalpost just a little. Uh, maybe one day a week we'll open the school. And maybe just, you know, 50 to 60% of the schools. How about that? I swear. Well, uh,
0: speaking of the schools, you know, the Biden administration's standard for schools are open is if they're open one day a week.
1: Yeah, that's it now. It wasn't before, but that's it now. Well, one day a week means open. I guess you know semantics. Aren't they wonderful when you can parse? Yeah.
0: So you know, we, we got we have four more years. Here we go. It's it's yeah. It's just getting started. Um, how much will happen in these four years, though? Is is well, it's not the, the all four years. It's the first two years that uh, that scares me. I mean, we're talking about a, what is it—a forty a percent corporate tax rate?
1: Yeah, but that's if they can get it through, you know, Congress. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that that's that's possible. I, I think I think the the 50 uh, Senate is more of a problem for them than they than they realize. Um, who's the senator from Arizona? Um, Kristen Sinema. Renee. Yeah, she said today. Yeah, we're not doing the fifteen dollar uh, minimum wage. That's not a budget item, and I won't vote for it. Oh,
0: there <laughs> you go. You know, for a Democrat, she's pretty moderate. I have yeah, to, I have to. Yeah. I have to say. I was,
1: I was. Yeah, and so, so you have her. You have Joe Manchin on one side, and then you have. Uh, Mitt Romney, who identifies as a Republican, but is really a Democrat on the other side. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a real interesting year, uh, two years, to see how that, that dynamic in the Senate works. Because uh, there are some folks on the edge on both sides who could either make or break Joe Biden's uh, uh, legislative uh, slate.
0: Yeah, and and it's really difficult to know on any particular issue how these things are gonna how these things are gonna fall out, but yeah, they do have the tiebreaker though. So if it comes down to fifty fifty, they always get the tie.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, I'm just not I'm just not sure uh, how successful he's gonna be, and I, and you know uh, I could be completely wrong. I mean, they may get Mansion and and uh, her to uh, fall in line, but I just you know. Maybe, uh, there, you know. there, 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 are certain there are certain traditions in the state of uh, Arizona, and one of them is to be the maverick, and I think it's her turn.
0: Chuck Schumer also doesn't strike me as being as much of a master of the Senate rules as Mitch McConnell. Is.
1: I absolutely agree. He, he is. He and Harry Reid. Hey, <laughs> I, I think he's another Harry Reid. I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, Harry Reid gave away the farm. Uh, Harry Reid, uh, and again, this is a this is a, a function of seniority. That's why these guys are there; they've been there longer than anybody else. And um, uh, it's, it's same with Nancy Pelosi. And, and seniority always doesn't mean the smartest or the craftiest. Trust me.
0: Nope, you just managed to hang on longer than everybody else. <laughs> Hang on long enough and you get to be, a, you know, you, you get to be the, the leader of the House or the Senate or whatever. Yeah, um, and I,
1: I think uh, Schumer falls in the Harry Reid category on that.
0: Yeah, Schumer just has never st- struck me as an especially talented
1: guy. I mean, this is a guy who showed up on Heidi Fleiss's little red book, you know. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> and, well
1: and that does, and obviously that doesn't matter.
0: And color me shocked.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Yeah, so, well, you know, there's the there is no standard of behavior in Washington. I was about to say there's double standards, but there's honestly no standard of behavior. In
1: Washington. <laughs> nope, there isn't.
0: You know, I I I don't hold any particular brief for the Republicans over the the Democrats in terms of their honesty or frankly their capability. Um or their integrity, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have the worst political class we've ever had, that that's been obvious for a long time. And Here's here's the weird thing. Even with a House and Senate majority, Obama accomplished nothing. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Think and there's... he had an
1: actual majority.
0: Yeah, he had an actual majority, and you know they didn't. He well, uh, they got um, uh, the Americans with, uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act passed. Right. That was it. In two years, that was it. Um, And and quite frankly, I don't think that Trump was, you know, super successful himself in getting what he wanted either.
1: No. And that's because these fools aren't there to really do much for America. They're there to get reelected. And that's and, I, you know, I'm not saying that facetiously. They're there to, to, to cover their ass for two years and get another two years or another six years. And um, that's, you know, that's the bottom line. Uh, so looking down the road, doing what's best for America, that is not at the top of their priority list. And, that, and Thomas Sowell even made that point. He said these guys are there to figure out how to stay there. And so that's where the the collegiality comes in, you know, patting each other on the back. You give me a scratch my back. I'll scratch yours, et cetera, et cetera. Um, They go up and deal with your money, your tax money and and who they can give it away to and where they can buy votes. And that's what it's all about.
0: And meanwhile, Congress hasn't produced a federal budget for over 10 years.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We do nothing but budget, what they call budget reconciliations or uh, it's just an extension of spending. And so they'll they'll throw that together in, what, five or six days. Uh, It's you know, it'll be about uh, four thousand pages. No one will read it and it'll get jammed through and signed off on by the president. That was one thing that I was very disappointed in Trump about because he said he wasn't going to sign those things. But he did.
0: Yeah, he did. And uh, I I think he probably knew realistically that that was all he was going to get. And I think especially after the um, after the. embarrassment that the republicans had against bill clinton with um with uh shutting the government down um and nobody's willing to do it and donald yeah. trump isn't willing to do it it wasn't willing to do it either and so if, if this is what we're going to do then i guess this is how we run the government now and so yeah, well apparently yeah so the constitution's requirement of a budget well, we don't we don't need to worry about that we don't play that
1: game apparently.
0: yeah so you know I, I'm not interested in the Republicans telling me about their fealty to the Constitution either. true
1: true uh, yeah in, in that re- in that regard they're no better than, than the Democrats they just spend slower but they're more than willing uh, more than willing to go into the deficit and uh, you know we know where that heads. Sure, they're, they're, what that brings.
0: they're both going to drive us off the financial cliff. Just the Republicans are going to do it at 35 miles an hour while the Democrats <laughs> are going to do it at 45.
1: In a rocket sled. Yeah, or a rocket sled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you know I you know, I can't I can't argue against your point that this isn't the way we want to do business now. Uh even though I think there's is, is a fairly large major or minority that doesn't want to do business that way, uh, it, it really doesn't matter, does it?
0: Nope, nope, because the majority wins in these cases, and this is this is the government that we have now. It, it's really weird. Um, I was listening to um, uh, Kevin Williamson and uh, Charlie Cook on their podcast, and they were talking about, you know, other countries and the level of governance and how horrible American governance is on the national level compared to so many other countries. Which is not to say that America is a worse place to live than those countries, but those countries do have governments that occasionally accomplish things in a way that this government doesn't seem to be able to. And it's it's difficult to think of anything fundamentally different or fundamentally new that this government has accomplished since nine eleven, yeah, honestly,
1: and now, you know, the the one thing we seem to be able to do is classify groups and people as terrorists, and now we've we've moved to the interior.
0: Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be that, that's the most worrying thing is this idea that well, you know, now that you know, you're you're a terrorist. Um, because you supported Donald Trump, which is, uh, that's the shorthand. You're a terrorist, the shorthand for you supported Donald Trump in some way. Yep. Um, that's just an extraordinarily dangerous path to Trump.
1: Well, you know, and that, what's what's interesting is that's exactly the point that, uh, what's her name, Gina Carano? Is it Carano? Yeah. what made uh, with a graphic that I put up on Q&A that basically points out that when you demonize anyone uh, for their religion or, or for their, in, in this case, political, uh, the, the politics, that you ter- and you turn the population against them, it's easy then to, hey, put them in camps or, you know, on up the line of liquidation.
0: Yeah, you know, and, that, and, boy, that, that opens up a whole can of worms, that whole Gina Carano thing. Yeah. Because what she said was, basically, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have it open immediately in front of me. What she said was basically, look, the only reason that the Nazis were able to implement the final solution was that prior to doing so, they had set up this whole you know, public Jew hatred thing. And they, yeah. had, they had demonized people so that whenever they finally got down to doing what it was that they eventually did, it was a lot easier for them to do so because they'd already laid the groundwork for just, you know, labeling these people the other, as we want to say in these modern times.
1: Yeah, here, let me read it to you exactly. Here's what she, it's a graphic, and all she did was put this graphic up, it's not even her graphic, and it says, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where the Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Now, that's, to me, I, I, I'm spot on with that. That's exactly right. And, 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 you know, this has been known for years. You demonize and propagandize. And, and that's, you know, that's what we did at World War II with the Japanese, for God's sake. the Japs. remember that? The, the glasses and the buck teeth. And we, we, we made them the other. And that's what she's talking about. And that's what Disney, Disney proved her point.
0: And I was pleased to see that Jonathan Chait, who is probably one of the few sensible um, left of center uh, writers out there, um, just point out, look, what she said was not only factually correct; it's entirely unexceptional. It, 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 it's true, and there's nothing anti-Semitic about it.
1: And Absolutely so, not.
0: So to have her thrown up for all her vile, disgusting anti-Semitic comments, that's just that—that's just crazy talk. But, it is. But crazy talk is what seems to be in vogue right now, because that's that's the currency in which much of our political discourse. Uh, spins
1: well and and the thing you know her point is, is very powerful uh because what they did is is they you know neighbors refused to trade with their neighbors who were jews uh and they were basically ostracized and they lost their 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 jobs and they lost their income and they lost everything well that's and then disney turns around and fires her uh you know, it's exactly like what happened to the Jews in Nazi Germany.
0: And that seems to be the road that we're, we're heading down now with this talk about, you know, domestic terrorism. And by the way, I, I just have to say, I'm really irked at calling this thing that happened at the Capitol an insurrection.
1: I am too. Very. It just, it, it was...
0: it just wasn't. I know what an insurrection is, and that wasn't it. And, um, yeah. When people start showing up with M16s and shooting up the place and declaring a new government, uh, then we've got an insurrection. What we or had, or an
1: autonomous jo- zone? Where yeah. was that? Portland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
0: What we had was the same thing that we have seen all year long: is a protest that got out of hand. And and, and
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that this week. You, when you're conditioned all year from early on through, through the, into the winter to view protests that were violent, uh, got people killed, uh, burned down property and all that as mostly peaceful. Oh, they're no big deal. It's just folks.
0: Yeah. Fiery, but mostly peaceful.
1: Yeah. When you're conditioned by that, why would you think that if you went to the Capitol and did the same thing, it's something entirely different?
0: Look, we had this conversation six months ago. If you are not going to enforce law and order on the streets, um, and you're just going to let, as one of our listeners calls it, just a bunch of idiots rioting, um, then a bunch of idiots rioting seems like the new normal.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if that's the normal, what what happened at the Capitol was normal. Why is it an insurrection there and not an insurrection when they're trying to burn down a federal building in Portland? It's only an
0: insurrection if normal people aren't affected.
1: It's an insurrection
0: when politicians are affected. (laughs) When normal people are affected and their homes and businesses are burnt down, it's just mostly peaceful. Fiery, but mostly peaceful.
1: And, you know, vice presidents or vice president nominees can bail them out.
0: One of our listeners says it's not a coup until Congress is taken out on the front lawn and shot. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) That's right, and and you know if, if that was what they is if, if that's what they would call a coup, then they've never seen a coup.
0: Yeah, again, I mean that's
1: that's just that had, was just we had disorganized pro- horseshit. We had that was.
0: we had protesters last year take over the Cannon Office Building. Mm-hmm. Clearly illegal. Was that an insurrection? I mean, they were marching on the government. They took over a congressional office building, part of the what uh, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez refers to as the. Capital complex, um, mm-hmm. and you can drive a truck through the hole in that uh, statement. Um, so how is how is how is it any different? Is it different because it was the Capitol building itself? Um, again, it shouldn't have happened. It was wrong. Um, we protect peaceful protests uh, that became decidedly non peaceful the second they broke the law, but. Um, we, we've seen it all year why why is it a big deal now if it wasn't a big deal all summer why is it a big deal now for any reason other than oh now it's congressmen who may be uh, maybe discommoded by this uh by this violence
1: <laughs> and why weren't we talking about antifa uh, and, uh, becoming and domestic terrorism well we were actually uh, but why wasn't that a hot topic and a priority topic? Uh, And now this this uh, insurrection on the quote right end quote is. I mean, why is it real important that we run every person that was in the Capitol down? But we have no idea who these rioters in Portland were. From most of them, some some of them we do because we've arrested them four or five times. But you know, uh, the rest of them, no one tried to find out who they were. Why? You know, I mean, it's just people look at that and they go, "This." especially those on the right will look at it and go this is the two-tier justice system again. They were not at all concerned about those on the left that were were destroying property, doing millions and millions and millions of of dollars worth of uh, property damage, uh, actually killing people, uh, burning places down. They weren't concerned about that, but show up at the Capitol after Trump gives a speech or while Trump's giving a speech, actually. And boom, we're in an insurrection city and it's time to track down every one of those sons of bitches and do something with them.
0: Is, is firebombing a police station with cops inside an insurrection? Is yeah, a is firebombing a
1: federal building in Portland. Yeah, that's the whole point. And so that's and so that's what, as you pointed out, well, if that's the new normal, hey, let's do it here.
0: Yeah, why shouldn't you? After all, it appears to be acceptable. That's yeah, the problem every... with with normalizing this kind of street violence. Once it's That's normalized, correct. it's normalized. You you don't get to go back and call do-overs now. You had your chance to fix it, and you decided not to. And now that you don't like the violence that you're seeing, all of a sudden it's a problem. Well, no, it was a problem six months ago, eight months ago. You just didn't care then because you liked what they were doing.
1: Yeah, they, they were hitting the right targets. They were, they, they were causing the right people to be discomforted. Uh, now that you're discomforted, well, geez, you know, we need to stomp on this.
0: As I've said so many times, welcome to the world you made. Yeah. Yep. Which, by the way, is not a it, world any one of us wants to live in.
1: And by the way, I have a very, very big problem with this nonsense of rooting out extremism in the military. Uh, that to me seems like a loyalty test. And if you've taking, taken an oath to uphold the constitution, that's the only loyalty test you have to pass. So what you have to say on your own time and on your own platform or, or elsewhere when you're not on duty is your business. That's America, it always has been that way. And this crap about trying to find out, uh, I, I assume, by trolling social media and, and looking at uh, uh, what people have said in the past it is a way to purge. It's a purge. It's a way they're going to try and purge the military of whatever they decide to d- define that day as radical.
0: Yeah. How about this? If I if I actually commit an act that violates the Uniform Code of Military Justice, then guess what? It's open season on me. Other right. than that, it's none of your business. And That's this idea right. uh, that, that someone said, you know, maybe we should, uh, you know, figure out who these military people voted for. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. I don't care what your rank is. Good luck asking me who I voted for.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it may be obvious if you get my social media, but it's still, uh, none of your business.
0: Yeah, that's just, that's just beyond the pale. But, you know, look, we've been through this before, right? We, we spent the entire 1950s going through the whole loyalty oath thing, uh, yep. which was, by the way, one of Jonathan Chait's points today on the Gina Carano thing. Look, if the blacklist is bad, why is it bad now that you're doing it?
1: Yeah, exactly right. And And that's what they just did to her. They blacklisted her. And her agents dropped her and everybody dropped her. You know, these. this is precisely what they claimed at one time to just be horribly against. And now they themselves are committing exactly the same thing.
0: And this comes, by the way, just like a year, year and a half after Hollywood produced a hagiography of Dalton Trumbo, who was a a, a goddamn communist. I mean, he was such a communist that whenever um, Stalin and Ribbentrop made the Ribbentrop-Molotov Pact um, and all the other American communists were like, well, that's kind of messed up, um, he, he towed the Stalin line all the way through the, the, the late 1930s right up until June 22nd, 1941, <laughs> when Nazis became bad again. Uh, but, you know, f- Fine. Why do we expect anything other than hypocrisy in our public life? It's all we've seen for um, a large portion of our lifetime now.
1: That's true. Yeah. Hey, how about old uh, Pulitzer Prize winning Andrew Cuomo uh, being outed this week as the, the nursing home killer?
0: Uh, calls now for Cuomo to resign, uh, which, yeah. which, by the way, is, is a complete reversal because as I remember last week, he was a goddamn hero
1: oh he's he was a god he was the guy who tamed COVID. yeah he stuck them all in nursing homes and and then you know hashed the numbers up uh it's just god almighty uh in fact i, I noticed that the new york dems are considering uh revoking his emergency powers <laughs> <laughs> the dems the democrats oh my god and and of course out in your neck of the woods they've reached the signature uh limit they need to uh get uh, a recall for old Gavin Newsom on the ballot
0: yeah for, for again for what purpose
1: well they're going to remove him and stick some other idiot in there for a while
0: yeah I, it'll it'll just be another democrat
1: because well make them feel good for a minute uh, i mean come on
0: yeah but um <laughs> yeah it it's uh, the thing with Cuomo, by the way, in case you, you, people don't know, um, a lot more people died in nursing homes than the state of New York said they did. A lot more. A lot more. And <laughs> um, basically, the uh, New York Post got a leaked recording of uh, a private conversation of a top Cuomo aide uh, admitted <laughs> admitting that they... Um, basically hid those numbers yeah. um, so the 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 number that New York has been talking about is nine thousand the actual number looks like close to fifteen thousand
1: yeah and it, you know and I always think back to to cuomo uh, uh, when when this all hit and trump set sent uh the uh hospital ship there. And there was a field hospital put up in Central Park, and both of them were dedicated to nothing but COVID patients. They would not take any other type of patient. Neither the hospital ship nor the field office, uh, hospital ever received a single patient. Yep, we're never you... moved. So, and now we know why. You stuffed them all in nursing homes.
0: Yeah, so um, basically... Not that they have a lot of power, but the entire New York GOP is talking about we got to get rid of this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the New York Dems want to take his uh, emergency powers away. This, it's going to be fun theater.
0: And, and hey, by, baby, by the way, how about who it? can pretend not to know that this happened? I mean, seriously, I who, who can pretend to know something that we've been talking about now for almost 10 months? Uh, this order that caused the death of thousands of seniors by throwing them back into nursing homes and spreading COVID among them. Everybody knows that this happened. And all Cuomo has said about it is, well, yeah, it's, it's just a big political football. Well, no, maybe it is a political football, but people are still dead. And now we know that a lot more people are dead than we thought were dead.
1: Well, I like his Hillary Clinton-esque quote. What does it matter now? They're, they're dead.
0: Yeah, what does it matter if they died in a hospital (laughs) or a nursing home? Oh, yeah, they're
1: dead. Oh, thank you so much. That is uh, just going to be so comforting for their families.
0: And so that aide, Melissa DeRosa, they're already talking about prosecuting her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is good. Hey, you know, you can impeach at a state level, too. Little advice for New York.
0: Yeah, they are talking about impeaching, uh, impeaching the governor. Um, yeah. And by the way,
1: uh,
0: fourteen uh, Democratic state senators in New York um, were the ones who called for his uh, his uh, emergency power.
1: Yeah, that's what, he, that's what I'm saying. It's the Democrats calling for it. So you know he's in deep doo doo.
0: Yeah. And uh, hey, let's see if we can get him on uh, CNN with Chris Cuomo. See if we can't get to the bottom of this. <laughs> you
1: give him a big old nose Tampax, That's all it'll do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is also uh, CNN journalism.
1: Oh, yeah. Real, have, real journalism. Yeah. Let's have the
0: governor's brother interview him. I'm sure that'll be a hard hitting freaking interview.
1: It's amazing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that, that was kind of amazing. Um, I guess it was only CNN that was uh, running through the impeachment uh, and showing the entire impeachment on CNN. Uh, I I suppose it might've been on C-SPAN. I don't know, but I do know that my wife was watching it on CNN. Yeah. And the fascinating thing was, uh, and it, it caught me right after the president's team finished their, their presentation, which only lasted about three and a half hours. They finished their presentation hard cut back to the CNN studio First words out of the mouth. Well, I'm surprised that Trump's attorneys would lie so blatantly about. Oh, this is analysis, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything that the Trump people said was just a, a an outright lie, uh, and they're shocked, shocked at these lies on, in the well of the Senate. What, what what has become of our of our once pure government that was corrupted apparently by Donald Trump? Everything was fine before him. Uh, but he corrupted it. Um, it. Just just listening to it was enough to kind of fill me white hot with rage. I mean, we're not even pretending to be fair and unbiased and balanced and, you know, first words out of the mouth. Well, I'm surprised at the lies that Trump's attorneys told. Okay, good analysis,
1: boy. You're, you're done. Well, you know, I, I, I have little tolerance for stuff like that i i would immediately change the channel because you're not going to get anything there um i understand that fox uh didn't carry it or going to carry parts of it um <laughs> because uh who knows uh, they're trying to win back the, the right i guess
0: yeah it's uh well
1: it's a circus
0: yeah and it, and we all know how it's going to end It's going to end, you know, 54 to 40 or 54 to 45 or 46. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 57 to 43. Maybe. Whatever. Um,
1: They're not going to get 66. And then it's going to be over. Yeah. And then we'll have to listen to the endless chattering heads talking about. Well, that.
0: But at least the Democrats will be able to go back and say, well, we tried.
1: Yeah, they will. And. Which is, the by the way, the said, point.
0: That's the, that's the whole point. That's the only point. Yeah, we tried. Well, yeah, but we could.
1: Yeah, that and, and the fact that, uh, you know, maybe Trump won't live rent-free in their heads for the next four years, although I doubt that. I doubt it. I figure he'll find a way.
0: Yeah, well, it's, uh, I don't know. Just watching, uh, watching all of this has is, is just been a little bit enraging. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, who uh, one of our uh, when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, um, who was uh, one of our uh, uh, listeners in the chat, um, although Swalwell actually had the gall to mention his wife during the hearing, which, by the way, <laughs> hilarious. Um, uh, here it is. The hearings have been fairly painful, especially the parts with the house managers whining and acting like they just got back from the eastern front.
1: <laughs> That's about right. Oh my God, you'd have thought somebody. Yeah, you, you'd have thought the place looked like the Reichstag after after you know the, the uh, Russians got done with it.
0: I am I mean, curious. I am curious what would have happened if these protesters had gotten a hold of somebody like Rashida Tlaib or Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Um, I wonder what they actually would have done.
1: Good question. Um, you know, it's one thing to it's when one the thing dog, to walk. The dog...
0: It's one thing to walk into the Capitol and yell your slogans and whatever, and sit in the speaker's chair and take selfies. What are you going to do? Drag them out and tar and feather them? Kill them on the Capitol lawn? I mean, yeah. I thank goodness it didn't happen. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I am overly optimistic, and and <laughs> which sounds weird coming from me. I just don't, I just don't think that they would have just drugged them out and murdered them on the Capitol lawn. No. I think they probably I, would have yelled at them and called them all sorts of awful names.
1: They but, have surrounded them. They would have been calling them all kinds of names. They've been pointing fingers and yelling and screaming at them and scared them to death, but I don't think they'd have done anything.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't think that they, I mean, you know, it takes a certain amount of, um, real and serious anger, rage, to just drag an unarmed person out and execute them in the street, even in the middle of a riot. Um, I just don't think that... I mean, look, I saw it, and, and like, I saw some of these these videos, and it does seem a little more you know scary than the impression that I got, but I just have a hard time believing that if push come to shove, that they would have actually done any real damage. I mean, they could have, and they didn't. Well, I, I, again,
1: if if the purpose was to register uh, your uh, disgust and disagreement with the election, uh, I don't think your priority was to go in and kill people. If your priority was to change the government and to get rid of those that uh, – uh, you felt uh, were a problem then yes that's that's what you know that's what you do trust me though it would have been a hell of a lot better organized than what we saw
0: yeah they're, they're, it, it did seem to be i mean there was some pre-planning to march on the capitol and um, maybe even break inside i just it doesn't seem like the type of crowd that was just ready to commit well movement. these are people
1: for god's sake these were people that stayed within the velvet ropes <laughs>
0: yeah largely you
1: know, yeah they did largely when, when yeah, they were half, the, the half the crowd was just there to take selfies and go yeah I was there you well know. you know I
0: was, I was talking to my wife and she said you know had I been there and I saw everybody walking into the capitol yeah. I would have just walked in too you know, with my camera just to take pictures and stuff like that because I just figured well everybody else is in there I might as well yeah, go right. in there too which by the way is one of the dangers of mob actions because yes. once everybody else is doing it well, now it seems perfectly acceptable for me to do it, too, which is why you need to uh, put the kibosh on that. And look, this this all could have been avoided had the Capitol Police listened to the warnings from the FBI and had adequate security. They just didn't.
1: Well, you know, I was explaining that to my wife because I mean, she, she made that point And I said, well, I said, what you got to remember is these guys get these these particular warnings all the time and probably 95% of them don't pan out at all or are so different, you know, so much less of a threat than they were told that, you know, they're looking at this and going, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. These are Trump supporters. They're not going to do that kind of stuff, you know, and, and they probably, now I understand the chief of police for the Capitol Hill police was in a completely different, uh, frame of mind. He was asking for me, uh, military help. He was asking for all kinds of help. He was being turned down and he wasn't getting any uh, support from uh, the, um, uh, the she, Sergeant at Arms for the Senate or the House. Uh, both of them were downplaying it, uh, basically saying, you know, what I just said.
0: Well, it certainly would have been better for all concerned if the Capitol Police could have put up enough of a show of force to deter all of the activities that subsequently took place at the Capitol.
1: Yeah, it would have. But um, you know, the the uh, the fact remains that if you know, after reading that from the chief of police of the Ca- Capitol Hill Police, and then looking at the way they handled the situation, um, hmm. Uh, you may not have had all the people you think you needed to have, but what you did with what you had wasn't very impressive.
0: Yeah, and and once they uh, you know once they broke the cordon and came in, all bets were off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have the people there. You didn't have the security there. You didn't take control immediately. You didn't do a lot of things.
0: And you know, I I don't know whether it. Well, there's, there was certainly some level of incompetence. We have to put, and I, I don't know where that incompetence was, but um, clearly more should have been done because, yep. you know, wh- whatever you may think about the election or Trump or whatever else, being able to break into the Capitol like that just shouldn't have happened.
1: I agree with you. I, I don't disagree at all. And, and you know, I, I, I think the uh, I think the Capitol Hill police, uh, well, well, let's just say better. That those that are in charge of security of the Capitol uh, need to find another job because uh, what they did that day was just not up to standard. Although, and, hey, look,
0: look, hey, You are right about one thing, though. The FBI does love to send out these warnings oh about my all God. the god-awful things that are headed your way.
1: Yep. Oh, my God. And and, and that's, that's my point. You know, it just, yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, come on. They're not going to do that. And uh, sure enough, uh, the one out of one thousand that actually is at least as as big or bigger than what they said um, materializes. They're not ready.
0: Yeah, and, and and in this case, the FBI had been monitoring Parler and Gab, and had seen you know people actually coordinating some sort of action at the Capitol. So I mean, there was there was which by the way goes back to the whole Donald Trump you know, incited this riot. Um, these people were talking a week beforehand about what they yeah. wanted to do, and the FBI had seen all this stuff. I mean, these warnings from the FBI, and yeah, they—they, they, the, the trouble with the FBI is they're often very chicken-little-ish about things that could go wrong because there is a substantial amount, like with any government bureaucracy, of ass-covering that they feel that they have to do. Uh, and this is a case where they actually had chapter and verse on this, and I don't know whether it's that nobody believed them or what it was, but this was just handled awfully by the people in charge of capital security. And by
1: the way, none of this, I, as I, uh, I remember, none of this was brought up at the the uh, impeachment farce. Uh, the fact that the FBI had warned them about them because of the pre-planning they had seen before and all that good stuff, um, well, none the, of that.
0: The Democrats didn't bring it up, but... Trump's attorneys. Well, yeah. Trump's yeah. attorneys made a big deal out of it today. So exactly, we, and
1: and that was. We had pre-warning
0: that, was, that this is going to happen. Um, Trump's speech could not have caused these people to exactly. go batshit yeah. when a week With, earlier they were talking about it on Gap. That's
1: right. So basically, the 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 uh, the good old uh, Democrats uh, hid exculpatory uh, uh, proof. This was not, you know, not a spur of the moment uh, thing that uh, was incited by the speech of Donald Trump.
0: Well, of course, this is an impeachment and we call it a trial, but it really isn't. I mean, it doesn't have any of the
1: legal. It's a a political, it's a political event.
0: That's correct. And so it's entirely political. So, you know, I I expect them to present a very one-sided view of the case. Sure. No, no, I I, I got that.
1: Not a legal one. I got that, but the, the 99% of the country looks at this as a trial, a legal trial. And so, you know, they're, they're going to look at that as you would any other trial. Uh, oh, they had exculpatory evidence and they didn't show it. bad Democrats.
0: Yeah, well, some people will say that and other people will say that that exculpatory evidence. And this is the, the, the rebuttal the Democrats made, which is, well, look, it wasn't just that speech that
1: day. It was weeks worth
0: of dog whistles, you know, telling people to, you know, fight and stuff that was behind it. It wasn't just what happened that day. He'd been, you know, inciting a insurrection for weeks. Which is, by the way look, whatever else one might say about Donald Trump, I just don't think he's a fella that's that focused to go on a week's (laughs) long campaign to foment a rebellion.
1: What was it? I mean, even if they had had it, what was it? gonna? Come on.
0: Yeah, and, and what's the end game? You're gonna take over exactly. Congress, and <laughs> and they're gonna drag you
1: out kicking and screaming and say, no, no, don't. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't and, work this way. I mean, come on
0: and what joe biden will no longer be president and magically yeah, donald they, trump will be yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean you know what's it's it's like that old thing that you, you remember what john used to do all the time you know step 1 do something step 2 <laughs> question mark step 3 profit that's the whole yeah, but... that's the whole insurrection argument donald trump was spending weeks fomenting an insurrection yeah first the of other all, one first of all yeah. you'd have to make me believe that donald trump is capable of focusing his attention for a couple of weeks on fomenting an insurrection, which, by the way, is highly doubtful. And then even if he did, what, what what would happen? Does he think that the United States military would just sit there and say, oh, he just overthrew the president and reinstalled himself in the White House. Hmm, guess he's president now. Do you honestly <laughs> yeah. think that that would be the DOD's response?
1: <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, well.
0: You know, we don't take oaths to the president. We take oaths to the Constitution. That's And that's
1: the point. Yeah, that's the point I was making about the, the this loyalty check in the military. Yeah, we're not there to support a man. We're there to support the Constitution. The Constitution <laughs> says that if Joe Biden has been declared president because he won the election, he depres.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, the other thing, all this talk about the election and whether the election was stolen, it doesn't really matter because the actual election takes place on December 12th. When all of the electors meet in their state capital,
1: that, that's correct,
0: and that's the actual election for president. This these boxes that we check in November really don't mean anything if the electors don't want to do what we have said they should do. They'll do what they want to. Again, famously, a Republican elector in 1972 refused to vote for uh, Richard Nixon.
1: Right, and for short attention span uh, listeners. Uh, the Democrats, uh, when Trump was awaiting the Electoral College, uh, were trying to get uh, Trump electors that's to correct. change their vote.
0: Yeah, because in most states, there is no legal requirement that the electors vote the way that the electorate yeah, voted. That's correct. Electors get so, to do whatever they want to do on December 12th. Yep. So the, the, the military isn't going to support Donald Trump if he launches a coup. And quite frankly, Donald Trump doesn't have the resources to launch one or to launch an insurrection. There was a protest. It got out of hand. End of story. We've had them all year.
1: Yep. And by the way, folks on the left, you're the ones that tried to normalize them.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump's defense team went through that chapter and verse of while all of the rioting was going on over the summer, all of the Democrats saying, yeah, stay out there, stay in the streets, and you know, we'll bail you out of jail and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, if, if, if it wasn't for double standards, Washington would have no standards at
1: all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still want to know what kind of, uh, oh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, like, there must be a dome over D.C. where some kind of Ray, cosmic Ray, causes them to forget that they said something on camera two weeks ago that was exactly the opposite of what they said today. Right. I've never I've never seen a crew like our politicians who just can't seem to remember what they said two weeks before.
0: No, actually, I think they do remember what they said, but they realize that it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I guess not.
0: Because uh. whatever they say today will be uncritically reported. Just as it was uncritically reported, what they said two weeks ago, and there's 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 really nobody, you know, unless you count you know Sean Hannity who is uh, expounding religious doctrine to the Temple singers on his side. There's just nobody that's going to point out, okay, you, you were either lying then or you're lying now.
1: Yeah. And well, I, 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 I'm, I'm by the way, the, the
0: perfect example of that was Jerry Brown when they said, Governor Brown, you said you were going to do this, this, and this, and that, or you weren't going to do this, this, and this, and you did it anyway. And he said, "That was then; this is now."
1: <laughs> well, that, we, we had a yeah. This it just I, I don't know. I just can't imagine. And the other thing I'm I'm really enjoying watching, uh, amused by, uh, is <clears throat> watching the, the the language that's used now that Biden's in. <clears throat> For instance, when Trump was in, it was kids in cages. Now it's Unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. Overflow facilities. And now they're, they're they're opening up what used to be called when Trump was in tent cities, where they were putting all these illegal immigrants. But now we're using soft side soft sided residences. In tent <laughs> cities. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just God. It's it, it is shameless.
0: The, the, the show continues largely unchanged. The yes. only thing that changes is what we're told about the show. God, it's hilarious. And you know, go, what I don't understand is, well, I guess I do understand it. Uh, Jonathan Chait, who I mentioned you know, earlier about the, the Gina Carana thing, um, he has on YouTube an hour-long presentation about how the media turned into what they are now. And it's it's all about expounding narratives to an audience that buys their advertising. And that's all it is. It's not journalism. It's not reporting. It is, okay, here is our narrative. This is what our people want to hear. How do we present the news in such a way that they are comforted by what we tell them? And that's, that's all we have. And it, it, it amazes me that there is no one, and it doesn't matter whether it's Fox or OANN or CNN or whatever, there is no one out there who's just saying, look... We're just going to tell you the facts and we're gonna fairly and impartially cover both sides and tell you what's going on uh, there as far as I can tell just doesn't appear to be a market for that in this country anymore
1: well apparently not uh, although <laughs> you know you, you they may be surprised who knows uh, be, because no one's doing it
0: yeah well this, uh, Diego, <laughs> there may not be a market for it because no one's actually doing it exactly.
1: Exactly. Hey, by the way, I got a kick out of. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the the um, Senator Ted Cruz tweeted out that um, uh, that the impeachment trial is uh, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. And he, he referenced oh. Shakespeare. <laughs> and, 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 and Andrea Mitchell comes back and says, "Oh, oh no, that's it's Faulkner." <laughs> How do you not know Macbeth? Yeah, exactly. Good. Even I know that. Oh, Lord. That was, I laughed my ass off at that. Well, way to go there, Andrea. That was, mm, you kind of owned yourself there, Toots. Good old Faulkner. (laughs) Faulkner, yeah. That's a title, Andrea, and that title was uh, referencing Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, well.
1: But Uh, the
0: media is part of the worst political class ever that we have. They certainly consider themselves Uh. part of it.
1: Well, well they, they helped build this mess.
0: Yeah. And, and then Tom Nichols wonders why people don't like experts and why they don't <laughs> trust what they say.
1: Well, you know, that's a point someone made that this last year was the will always be remembered as, as the year of the death of the expert. Oh, my God. How many of our so-called experts have just been shit?
0: Well, look at, look at what the CDC has told us over the past year. No, don't wear a mask. It won't help. Yes, wear a mask. In fact, now it is wear two
1: masks. Well, no, no, no. Fauci said wear two masks, and then he said that five days later. Well, no, you don't have to wear two masks. I mean, Jesus.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the primary primary ways that you can tell whether somebody's an expert or not is if the stuff that they tell you actually comes true. (laughs) If it doesn't, then I don't really care what their credentials are and I don't care how erudite they sound or how good they are on TV. They're just bullshit because they don't know any better than you do.
1: Yeah, and and we saw a lot of that this last year. A lot of it.
0: Well, you know, when you mistake credentialism for expertise...
1: That's correct. That's where you and end that's up. The, Yeah. And anyway, you know, I hate, I hate to say this, it's, but I know it's true. Anybody can get a Ph.D. in anything anymore. And uh, trust me, it doesn't make them smart or particularly well-versed in what they have a Ph.D. in.
0: Well, I won't go quite that far in my opinion, but let me tell you a little story. (laughs) As you know, I teach business and economics at the college level. And um, about a year and a half ago, our university, which is, by the way, a accredited nonprofit uh, educational institution, my university, which I will not name, uh, decided it was time to stop uh, doing tests unless students were allowed to take them open notes and open book. Ooh. So now, whenever we give an exam, I and mean, by the way, we're still supposed to proctor them. Why? They can literally now copy the answer out of the electronic copy of their textbook and paste it into the computer screen. And that's their answer. They don't have to remember it. They don't have to write it themselves. It's all open notes, open books. And hey, would you like to guess what percentage of my students pass midterm and final exams? Half. (laughs) Substantially north of that.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, I would hope so.
0: And so I have seen my test scores skyrocket. And can I say, nope, this is closed notes, closed books. Remember it or you fail. Um, So the days of me having to go over and look over their papers and, you know, ensure that they were getting the right ideas and having to mark them all wrong because they went off the rails. Literally, the only time anyone misses a question now is when they copy the wrong information into the wrong question.
1: (laughs) How many answers look exactly alike? Yeah, Quite a lot of them, and
0: quite a lot of them also <laughs> have a citation to the textbook in the answer, because when you copy Jesus. it out of the e-text and you paste it, it also pastes in the citation from the textbook into the answer. So I know they're copying and pasting it out of the e-text. And you know what? That's perfectly fine, because that's, what we, that's how we test their knowledge now. What we're testing is their ability to, to find, find the information in the textbook within the allotted time. <laughs> so, you know, am I teaching anything? My students say, yeah, I learned a lot in your class, did you? I have no way of showing that that you did. Because I didn't require you to, to tell me anything from memory that you learned. Learning implies that you know something being able to find it in the textbook because you did a search of the textbook text and then copied and pasted it doesn't tell me you know anything but they'll all have bachelor's degrees when they leave my care mm. so the only work that they actually do is is you know during the, is the homework assignments that they get those who deign to do them so yeah yeah, just because you have a, you know, and, and people wonder why, and by the way, if that's what's going on at the college level, I invite you to imagine what goes on in uh, primary and secondary education. <laughs> and we're shocked, shocked to learn that half of high school graduates are functionally illiterate. I wonder why.
1: I don't anymore. <laughs>
0: and it, you know, it really does amaze me that in, in, in less than a century less than a century we have gone from high school graduates being able to speak latin and greek to being unable to write in their own language if if only public schools had more money right
1: yeah well yeah you yeah. know teachers are underpaid. pay
0: yeah d- do they they certainly don't seem to want to go back into the classroom
1: Mm, they're getting paid dude <laughs> i mean that that must be
0: really great work you, you you can you know stay at home you can never have any contact with your students and by the way and, and it, it's starting to come out and i'm starting to see you know, stories about it now the the level of of um mental stress that this is putting kids through um is something I think we're going to be paying for for a long time.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> I agree with you. <clears throat> the other side of that is uh, a lot of people are discovering that, uh, well, maybe the schools weren't doing such a good job and they want to find an alternative.
0: Yeah. yeah uh-huh.
1: A lot of kids, even where, you know, in places where they are, in fact, going back to school, a lot of kids aren't coming back. Yeah, well, a good portion—I shouldn't say a lot, but a good portion of them aren't coming back.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> well, and you know, it—it it, it kind of puts me on the horns of a dilemma because I'm firmly convinced that public education is largely failing <clears throat> our children and has for at least three generations now. Uh, and yet, the, the not being able to go to school at all, and the entire shutdown of any sort of social outlet for. For children, can't possibly be good for them either. No, I don't think it
1: is, uh, and, and I think I think parents will find alternatives. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things uh, I, I've seen, the, there are a lot of Christian schools in the South. Apparently, uh, apparently, the uh, uh, enrollment is maxed out now because. Uh, People want their kids to go to school. Thousands
0: uh, of parents have discovered how much they love the baby Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, not a, not not so much that. It's the fact that those schools are open. Yeah. And their kids
0: can go there and get
1: education. Yeah, that's right. There. That's correct. And so because they're not, uh, they don't report to, to, to the Department of Education. They're, they're private schools. Uh, and so they're open. Uh, they found a way to handle it amazingly. Uh, they're not run by the teachers' union. And uh, so the, the kids are going to school there. And well,
0: look, the, the way they handle it is by relying on, as far as I can tell, every bit of evidence I've seen, which shows that there is almost, there is either little or no danger of spreading COVID among uh, school age students. That's there, correct. There is some, it could, could spread to adults. <laughs> But it is far less um, dangerous than going to the grocery store on a regular
1: basis. Yeah, they say 5% of the cases come out of those, those types of environments. Not just schools, but those types of environments, but, you know, a larger group. And so, yeah, uh, the, the chances of getting it are, are very slim, actually.
0: But it's, uh, it, it's apparently not slim enough to allow teachers' unions to want to come back to school.
1: Well, teachers' unions are looking for a better deal, as always. Yeah, well... And they just haven't figured out what that better deal is yet, but, you know, they have the power and they're exercising.
0: Well, whatever that better deal is, it undoubtedly involves getting paid the same amount of money for a substantially smaller amount of work. I, yeah. I, I think I can confidently say that <laughs> that is one of the primary... Uh, <laughs> that's usually the way it works the primary <laughs> motives behind the whatever is going on if i can only work two days a week and get summers off and get paid for 12 months then hey that's a pretty good deal pretty much all right well bruce look i think we've uh we've beaten this dead horse enough <laughs> <laughs> have a great week we'll talk to you next week
1: you bet take care
0: You've been listening to Observations q and podcast for Friday, the 12th of February, 2021. As a reminder, our q and RSS feed is back. We are back up on iTunes. You can access us via our RSS feed. You can go to the q and Plus page on Facebook and grab the RSS URL directly so that you can put it into your Android phone or your iPhone. Or, of course, you can just go and do a search and grab that URL off of iTunes or wherever else you need to get it. And our podcasts are, once again, publicly available so that you can hear them uh, on your own time instead of having to come and listen to them live. Although, speaking for Bruce McQueen, this is Dale Frank saying we appreciate the fact that you do listen to us live and hope you'll be back next week. Until then, have a great week, everybody. So long.